And there's no better place to be than where you guys are seated right today. I'm excited. We're going to kick off a brand new sermon series. Can I give you the title? The title is Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Who's ever heard that? If you've been coming to Liberty Church, you've heard that a gazillion, gazillion, gazillion times, right? If you are new, maybe you've never heard that. It might just seem like a phrase, but I'm excited. We're going we're gonna to dive into God's Word. We're going to dive into really the Holy Spirit. There is nothing more controversial in the church than the Holy Spirit. And before we, we dive in, I'm excited too. Uh, I want to give credit where credit's due. Th- this, this phrase, this statement actually comes from a book from, from a pastor, Benny Hinn. That's not H-E-N. It's H-I-N-N. Benny Hinn wrote a book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. So you got nothing to read? Purchase the book. It's a great little read. One of the most profound topics, themes from the book is, is, is really this, this idea that when you start your day, your relationship with God, by the, just the simple little phrase, it sets your entire day. It sets your entire mood. It sets your entire faith. When we give, we're supposed to give God our first, right? Not our leftovers. So when you initiate your relationship with God through this simple little phrase, you begin to initiate your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. And as I said, there is nothing more controversial within the church than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is responsible for more division, more discourse. Let me rephrase that. The Holy Spirit is responsible for that. The, the, the people of God's response to the Holy Spirit, okay, is responsible for more broken up churches, more division, more you fill in the blank. And what I've come to know is when something specifically within the Word of God is important or there's controversy around it, you better believe that it's important. There's so much controversy around the Word of God because the devil, the stinking devil, knows how important it is for your freedom and your success as a children, a child of God. And as long as the enemy can keep us fu- fighting and fussing about what the Holy Spirit is and who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit means to you and for me, then we live less than. And really, the Holy Spirit is, is going to be the key that unlocks all the amazing things that God wants to do in your life. He, he's the key to everything. He is the key to your joy, to your peace, to your relationship with God. He's, he's, the, he's the connecting force to the Father through the Son, is the Holy Spirit. And so, I'm excited to, to dive into God's Word and really talk about what, what the Word of God says about the Holy Spirit, and specifically, what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons I feel like there's so much controversy around the Holy Spirit, you know, if, if somebody finds out you believe in the Holy Spirit, they may think, oh my gosh, you handle snakes, or, oh my gosh, you, you speak in tongues, or you, you, you pray in tongues. and the, the, the Holy Spirit is far less mystical and a whole lot more practical. Now, the Holy Spirit is holy, and He is good, and He works in supernatural ways. But there is a practicality 
guys, and the Holy Spirit. And it's as simple as just cultivating that relationship by saying, good morning. Sometimes I say, good afternoon, good night, Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a continual dialogue every day, all day, that facilitates this relationship with God. And what you need to know is, we need God the Father, right? You can agree, we need the Father. Can you agree that we need the Son? Right? He's the atonement of sins. Right? Who can agree we need the Holy Spirit? He's equally as important. But why is there such a big group of people that think the Holy Spirit is this this mystical, weird thing? I'm telling here to tell you today, the Holy Spirit is is has equal authority and power as the Father and the Son. We need all three, and all three work together for our good, and they're in complete agreement on everything concerning the kingdom of God, okay? So let's look at this first point for today. Look at this first thought and unpackage it, excuse me, together. So the heartbeat of this this message is going to be for us to launch into a transformational relationship with God, the Father, as I'm talking about, and Jesus the Son through the personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know what's so cool about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? They're totally equal, all three in one. They're, they're equal in power and authority, and they're also in total agreement. And you know what else they do? They point to each other in their agreement. God the Father, we need God the Father because he sets the standard. He's the creator. He's the almighty. He's the authority, the power. He, he's the rule maker. And we need him. But we need the son also. He's the atonement. He, he's the law embodied by grace. We accept the law through the son. And Jesus always points, if you pray to Jesus. Now, we need to pray to God the Father. We need to pray to Jesus. And we need to pray to those three things through the means of the Holy Spirit. Okay? But... When you meet in fellowship with Jesus, guess what he does? He directs you to the Father, right? When you meet with the Holy Spirit, guess what he does? He points you and directs you to Jesus. So when I meet with the Holy Spirit, his leadership, his teaching, his guiding is is going to lead me to Jesus, And when I'm led to Jesus, what is Jesus going to do? He's going to lead me to the Father. They are in total agreement, all equal authority, and they point to each other. And it's through this personal relationship with God through the Holy Spirit that brings about the transformational change that you and I need. We're going to see today that Jesus said it's, more important that I go to your advantage so that I can send the Holy Spirit who will help you. On a daily basis, it is okay for you to need some help. I don't know about you, some days I feel like that's all I need is some help. Come on, Jesus, right? If you need some help, Jesus sent the helper who is the Holy Spirit. 
to give you a word, to give you direction, to comfort, to lead, to guide, to teach. And it's by the Holy Spirit that we cultivate this daily relationship with God, which transforms our lives. I want to open up God's Word together. I want to read a couple scriptures. If you got your Bible, turn to Ephesians 2, verse 18. <clears throat> so we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Look at this one verse I'm going to give you, and all three are in one verse. Look what it says. Now, all of us can come to the who? Father, Father through the same what? Holy Spirit, Spirit because of what? Christ has done for us. All three in one, in one verse, in Ephesians, Paul is directly correlating the importance of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because of what Christ has done for us, by the same Spirit, we can serve God and be accepted by God the Father. It's the same Spirit, guys. The Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that compelled Jesus to do all the supernatural things that He did on earth. How did Jesus in the garden pray, God, not my will, but your will. How did he pray that? He's the son of God, but it's the same spirit, the Holy Spirit, that led him and guided him to help him see beyond himself and his pain and his suffering. How how was it that Jesus on, on the cross asked the Father to forgive them for they know not what they do as they are crucifying him? By the Holy Spirit. So how do you expect God to transform your life from the inside out and to do the supernatural things that he wants you to do by you continually doing it the same old way and your same old tactics and your same old strength? Because you are only going to be able to do the supernatural things that God has called you to do if you have the same spirit. Come on, somebody. How can you keep serving in church and and running and going and giving your time and your energy to your family and faith and to your church and faith and and loving people that are unlovable and, 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 and doing what God has called you to do? It's going to take the same spirit. He's what transforms us. Paul said that we are, we're no longer dead to sin. We're alive in Christ. We're, we're new creations in Christ Jesus. And that's through the Holy Spirit. Look at 2 Corinthians 13, 14. It says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of who? The Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul understood, he writes in, in 2 Corinthians, He understood the importance of the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. What is fellowship? Fellowship is relationship. He says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He understood the importance of when Jesus left, transcended to heaven, 
the importance of what he gave and left on earth for us to live by faith. And not just live by faith in a pleasing way to God, guys, but see this, but live in faith in unity with others. Why is it important that I have fellowship with the Holy Spirit so I can uh, please God, but also so that I can be in unity with the body of Christ, my brothers and sisters in the faith? And isn't that the scheme against the enemy, against the Holy Spirit? If the enemy can get us fighting and fussing about who the Holy Spirit is, what he is to us, is there, there's the opposite of unity. It's, it's division. And what God sent to us to help create connectivity and unity together to serve each other and to help fight alongside each other, if we, can, if we can't agree on what that means, well, then the, the promises and provisions of God, it's not that he hasn't given them to us, but we disqualify ourselves because we ourselves are not studying the word of God. If you have questions about the Holy Spirit, where do you get your answers? I'll try my best to help you. But you got to be a student of the word. And Jesus had a whole lot to say. I said a whole lot. Say that with me. whole lot to say about the Holy Spirit because he's good and he's our helper. Relation, if fellowship is relationship, relationship is what brings transformation. So look at that next point. Now this is a, a fun little thought to unpackage. I want to package it together today. It says, salvation, think of this, your salvation moment, your salvation day, where you, you by faith believe that Jesus died for you, right? Salvation is a spiritual decision made in faith in the finished work of Jesus. <clears throat> you know when you get born again and you get saved, that, that, that's like not the end, that's the beginning of something new, right? So after you get saved, there's a work that needs to be done transformation needs to occur. So transformation is a daily decision made by faith in response to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. So the difference between salvation and transformation is our daily response to the Holy Spirit. Think of it like this. Salvation is faith in God's finished work. Salvation happens when, when you put your faith in the finished work that, that Jesus did on the cross. That's good news, right? Any saved folks in the house? Am I speaking to any saved folks? And man, if, if you ain't been born again, I'm speaking to you too. There'll be a moment for you today to change your life. It'll be a starting place for God to begin to write your story of faith. Salvation is, is, is faith in God's finished work. Now hear me. When I'm born again and saved, that's just the beginning place of something new that God wants to do. Now I have to be transformed into the image and likeness of Christ. You know what the word Christian means? It literally means Christ-like, to, to be looking and acting, talking, sounding like Christ. So transformation, now here's the good news. Transformation is faith in God's current work. Salvation is faith in God's finished work. Transformation is putting your faith in God and his current work. That was supposed to be good. Are you allowing God to work in and through you now, currently? 
there is nothing bad about Jesus. He is all good. But what I think is, as people of faith, sometimes we keep Jesus locked in our past, so to speak. I got born again. I got saved 10 months ago, 10 years ago, 10 weeks ago. I don't know. And so I, I said a prayer. I, I made a decision, but I have, I'm stuck in the past on what God did. And I may even pray like, God, I need you to do what you did back then. I often wonder if we're disqualifying ourselves from the transformational work because I'm locked and stuck in his finished work and I'm not seeing that God has a current work to do in my life. Come on, somebody. Was that a little better? Did I I, uh, fuzzy out some of the gray? Amen. Transformational faith is what you're believing God for in your life currently. It means there's a daily relationship occurring. There's a daily fellowship happening with God the Father through the Son and through the Holy Spirit. And the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit, and this is why it's so important that we stay engaged with Him, is because He keeps us locked into what God is currently doing what God is currently saying, and where God is currently taking us. If you've you've lost your path, if you've found yourself in a confusing state, a confusing place, are you meeting with God every day? If you are meeting with God every day and you're still feeling confused or lost, there's probably an attack of the enemy happening within your faith and within your mind, and you have to declare the mind of Christ over yourself. But the Holy Spirit is the key to help keep us locked, engaged into what God is currently doing in our personal lives. And if I can stay locked in what God is currently doing, you don't have to worry about missing it. You can hear clearer. You can see farther. You can go farther. You can do more because you're engaged in the same spirit of heaven, the Holy Spirit. Right? The transformation will process. Guys, I hate to burst your bubble. You are never going to arrive. You're never going to be Jesus. The goal is to continually grow to look like him. If you could become him, why do he need to come and die for you? I feel like we have this little, maybe this gauge or this standard in our lives. We don't tell anybody about it. It's like, okay, Jesus, I'm depending on you for this, this, and this. I need the wife. I need the car. I need the spouse. I need the job. I need the kids. I need the, the grandkids. And then when I get, when I get there, I, I, I'm, I'm going to gravy train, right? On my, my way to heaven, it's, if, if we're not engaged, guys, every day, God asks doing something good in us and something new in us. Something's wrong with us. And the Holy Spirit, he's, the, he's that, that, that oil, so to speak, that WD-40 that works out the kinks, right? As, as we're working out the kinks of life and we're, we're seeking God and we're believing God for bigger things, he's what helps keep us locked into what God is currently doing. If we neglect our daily meeting with God through the Holy Spirit, you will miss it. And it grieves, guess who? The Holy Spirit. When you pick anything else over God, it grieves the Holy Spirit. It grieves Him. We think we got it all together. We think we have all the answers. I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep trying this until until it doesn't work. 
right? You'll miss the mission, the specific personal mission that God has for you. Did you know you have a mission today? It's a cool mission, too. You got that new movie out, Mission Impossible. What is it, like Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible 15 or 16, whatever they're on? God's mission for your life can't even compare to what Hollywood can write. You may be a pastor one day and you don't even know it. Or a wife to a pastor one day and you don't even know it. God's got adventures lined up for you. He wants to use you as an instrument of righteousness. But as long as you neglect a relationship with him through the Holy Spirit, you'll miss the mission. If I would have continued to neglect a relationship with the Holy Spirit, Ian wouldn't be here. You'd have somebody else preaching to you. I'm sure they've done a great job. I often feel like, I've told you guys this many times, I feel like I'm in someone else's shoes. I wonder how many guys began to neglect their relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. So many guys that maybe were supposed to be Jessica's husband that neglected what they were supposed to do. And I'm not perfect, but I try my best not to neglect what God wants to do in my daily life. And as long as you can do that for you, then you will not miss the mission that God has for you. Look at 1 Thessalonians, if you're in your Bible there. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. It says, For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but in... What does it say? I want you to highlight that word. Underline that word if you're following along in your Bible. It's an important word. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his... Holy Spirit. It says, for God did not call us to uncleanliness, but in holiness. Did you know God calls you into holiness? How do you get there? You need the Holy Spirit. Imagine that. How do I get from uncleanliness, from sin, shame, sorrow, to a transformation of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. God cleans us up from the inside out to a place to holiness through the Holy Spirit. Imagine this. The Holy Spirit is holy. Imagine that. So there's nothing but good in him. And it's how he purifies our lives. It's how he purifies our thoughts, purifies our desires. Did you know God can change your desires? Ian had a lot of unclean desires, y'all. I desired to get drunk and stay drunk every single day until I woke up to get drunk again, to chase women. To, to fill this empty hole in my life that I was trying to fill with things of the world. And when you engage in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, when you invite Him in, He begins to clean you out. 
the unclean thoughts, the unclean desires, it'll actually change them. I've been clean and sober for over, I think this will be my 12th year. That's nothing that I've done. Okay. But I, I share that to say, you know what? It's very rare that temptation even comes into my mind. If I drive past a liquor store, past, past, you know what I love about living down in the South? I, I moved from Michigan. There's a whole lot more churches you drive by than bars. And God brought me out of my Egypt. Because in Michigan, it's like bar after bar after bar. And every church that you do see is like a big, massive Catholic church. I don't know why that is, but this is what it is. But anyway, I, I share that to say that God, how do I, I'm not saying I never battle with temptation or thoughts. But I very rarely do, and that's because God literally changed my desires. He cleaned me out from the inside out. My desire is to live, and live to please him and, and do my best to be a good husband, a good father, a good friend, a good brother, a good pastor. And when you begin to chase those things as your desires, the addiction falls away. It falls off. And your desires begin to be not just changed, guys transformed by the relationship of the Holy Spirit. I start, I don't want to say every day, I'd be standing up here lying, but I start most of my days with this thought of our title of our message. Good morning, Holy Spirit. God, I got a lot on my plate today. I need help. Did you know you can pray like that? As we're going to see, the Holy Spirit, He is an abundance of everything that we need. Look at first, or not first, and look at Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth that the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified, sealed you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit. Okay, let that marinate for a second. Whom he promised long ago, the Spirit of God's guarantee that he will give us an inheritance he promised us, that he purchased for us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. According to Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, think of this. If you've been saved by Jesus, you already have, somebody say have, the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit to have spiritual revelation that Jesus is. When you enter into relationship with Jesus, it takes the Holy Spirit. Look what it said. The good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified us, sealed you as his own by what? Giving you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is proof that you belong. It's how he seals you as his. So, if you have by faith believed in Jesus before, you have, you already have the Holy Spirit. But the thing is, the Holy Spirit is just like any other gift. I could give you a big gift today. Let's say I gave you a big brand new 65-inch screen TV. I had to buy two of them this last year because Xander broke two. And if you come, you know that's an inside joke. And so 
And maybe you just have one on backup at home I could give you, which I don't, but let's say that I did. Brand new TV. You using that gift or not using that gift is on who? It's on you. I bet every single person here is going to use that gift because it's going to be a smart TV, one of those nice ones, a Roku. You put all your apps on there. You can watch all your Netflix. All your, uh, you need to have the Chosen app, by the way. Watch the Chosen series. I don't think any one of us would not use that gift. It's, it's not used based on who gave it. The Holy Spirit's just like any other gift, guys. If you believed in Jesus in the past, He gave you the Holy Spirit. Now it's up to you to use it. And when you use it, guess what? You get tools, resources from heaven that God gives you to equip you to go farther, to begin to believe, believe in God for more than just Jesus died for you on the cross. He did that, but that's just one little nugget, guys. He died to save you so that you can redeem your family tree. To, to save your kids and your grandkids and your grandkids' grandkids. And he wants you to, to shine at work. He, he wants you to be the, the, the best brother, the best sister out there in the world to anybody who needs help. Right? And that happens based on that gift through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a guarantee of our inheritance. It's almost like when you by faith say, okay, God, I believe in your son. I believe that I'm a sinner saved by grace from your son. And when you do that, God grants us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, almost saying, God, saying to us individually, see, I told you I'm real. When you said that prayer, did you feel different? If you genuinely said that prayer, something happened on the inside, right? You may began to, to weep and to cry. I don't know about you, but I did. I began to see how unclean I was and how messed up I was and to understand that as I gave my life to God that he was there. Something happened on the inside. You know what that was? It was a gift of the guarantee of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit feels good. Holy Spirit oftentimes affirms that we're doing or saying what God has called us to do. Let me backtrack for a second. There are moments when the Holy Spirit speaks and he'll ask you to do something that is not going to feel good. But it's only by the leadership of the Holy Spirit that you'll be able to fulfill that word. So I love the Holy Spirit because he feels good, but I also love the Holy Spirit because he's what helps me do the things that I can't do alone. He's my helper. He's my leader. He's my guide. Holy Spirit is a guarantee of our inheritance of God's eternal promise. So God says, here's proof that I'm real. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Now use this gift. This is a promise, a down payment for your eternal destination. Use it well. Son, daughter, it's proof to help you in this place so that when I call you to your eternal home, that you'll have even more. All right, look at that next point. It says, The Holy Spirit empowers us to receive our kingdom inheritance. There it is. On earth as in heaven. 
Our greatest weapon against the world, our flesh and the devil, is our yes to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of, of that inheritance. Where did the Holy Spirit come from? Heaven. Where do we live? Earth. It's part of your eternal promise and inheritance as a child of God. We serve the King of Kings, right? You've heard me say it. That makes you royalty. You need to have the same spirit as your king. I remember all the way back when, when I, when I first got born again and, and saved in Teen Challenge, when it, when it dawned on me that the Holy Spirit was my greatest weapon. That point says our greatest weapon against the world, our flesh, and the devil is our yes to the Holy Spirit. I remember when it dawned on me that the Holy Spirit is all I'm ever going to need. And as long as I can say yes to God, His Son and the Holy Spirit every single day, it's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies, but it's an inheritance that I have that it is going to get me to where Ian needs to go. And it's how God cleaned out, cleaned out my life, cleaned up my life, and how I'm living a life that I really don't deserve to live. A sober, free life, have an amazing marriage, own the house, own the couple cars, have the couple kids. None of that happened because Ian was good enough. It happened because I realized how undeserving I was, and I realized that the Holy Spirit was all I would ever need. And so through the process, of that daily relationship, the desires that Ian had, the good, pure, holy desires. You know, in Psalms it says God desires to give you the, it pleases him to give you the desires of your heart. If you have holy, good desires, it pleases him to answer those prayers. Did I want to be, uh, uh, did I want to uh, have a wife one day? Yes. Did I want to be a dad one day? Yes. Did I want to be a pastor one day? Heckles no. <laughs> that was a wild card. But as I had these things I was praying about, seeking God for, as long as I sought the Holy Spirit, He began to answer these prayers. Not all in a moment. I didn't get all this in a twinkle of an eye, and a snapping of a finger. It took faith every single day. There were some dark nights in a year and a half, almost two years in Teen Challenge. Then I got out, acted like an idiot, went back to my sin. Even after what God did, that set me back. Made it to Alabama, the Sunshine House. Another two years of men's living home. I got a double portion. You better believe there were some long days, some long weeks, some long years where I didn't have anything. God was doing everything, but externally I didn't physically have the things to show what God was doing, right? But it was the faithfulness that got me to where I am today. So if you can be armed with a yes, you can go farther than I have. You can go farther than even you can think you can go. If you can just be armed with a yes, God can bless it. Hey, it might can change overnight. I've seen God do some things. But can you stay committed to him if it does take a year, two years, three years, 
I know if it can dawn on you that the Holy Spirit is your greatest weapon, you'll begin to actually use it and fight with it instead of fighting against it. What would happen if you began to come into agreement with God's Spirit instead of arguing with it? Holy Spirit trying to do something good in your life and you argue in. I can't. Not now. That's too hard. Really, God? And if you could come in agreement with that same spirit, what could happen? He's protecting you. God's no is a no for a reason. We're working on this with Xander. <laughs> oh, he does not like the word no. Is that anybody else's kids? Is there a manual for this? There is. But it's like we're trying to explain to him no means no. If dad says no, it's no. If mom says no, it's no. If no means no. It's not because we don't love you. It's because you're not mature enough. Can you see where I'm going with this? To handle that type of freedom, that type of blessing. We're trying to explain that one day there will be a yes. Right? So God's no in your life right now is not final. It's just no, not now. No is no. And it's because he's, he sees what you can't see. You're not mature enough, grown up enough to see all that God sees going on in your life. And his no right now is no. Right? To help us. Look at Galatians 5, 22 through 25. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control. I'll probably give you guys that verse every single week. And I give that to you because isn't that all the things we need? Shouldn't that be proof that we belong? Right? That we believe? Look what Paul says. There is no law against these things. If you lived in those things, you'd be everybody's friend. Everybody would want to hang out with you. People would bend over backwards to help you. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to their, his cross and crucified them there. We talked about that last week, sharing in the suffering so that we could experience a life sentence. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part, ugh, somebody say, ugh, of our lives. The Holy Spirit has everything we need to bring heaven to earth. Living by the Spirit means following the Spirit in every part of our life. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. The Holy Spirit, sometimes we need to just focus on the worst part of our lives first. Mine was the drinking, right? I had to focus on that for a while, depending on how bad it is. If yours is relationships, you need to let the Holy Spirit focus on that one thing until you conquer that thing. And then when that's conquered, the Holy Spirit wants to begin to move and minister to, to another area. And as we knock out all these things that are holding us back, there's always something more to work on. Like I said, we're never going to arrive. But the Holy Spirit, He wants to... We want to live by the leadership and the following of the Spirit in every area of our life. That last point for today. Jesus said it's to our advantage that He goes away because He will send us the Holy Spirit. 
Our advantage is our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I often wonder if maybe this is a big point in contention at a lot of other churches. I said that people get in so many arguments about the Holy Spirit, who He is. And I wonder if a lot of people often look at a, a Spirit-filled church as they almost think the Holy Spirit is more important than Jesus. And I hope you're not hearing me say that to you today. There is nothing more important than Jesus, right? We, we said that they're all equal. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus never said the Holy Spirit was more important than him, guys. But he did say he's important. Jesus never said he's more important than himself or the Father. But guys, he did say that he was important. Look, look at John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, this is Jesus speaking here, that I go away. He's talking about going to the cross. For if I go away, if I do not go away, excuse me, the helper, who the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I, if I do depart, I will send him to you. He says it's to your advantage that I go so that I can send the helper to help you. The Holy Spirit is important. Think if Jesus never went. For one, he wouldn't have fulfilled his purpose as the Messiah, the Son of God. He had to go. And no one took his life, he said, but I freely give it. I lay it down. If he doesn't go, the Holy Spirit is still contained. Locked up, locked up, locked away in Jesus, in heaven, with the Father. But because Jesus freely gave his life, the Holy Spirit has been loosed. Transforming lives all over the world every single day. Transforming souls, transforming families, transforming your brother, your sister, your neighbor. Because Jesus went, the Holy Spirit has been given. And because he's been given, look at 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Who is he that's in you? The Holy Spirit. When he that is in you is greater than the world, when he lives in you, when the Holy Spirit dwells in your house, you're going to know about it. There will be evidence of his existence within your life. If the Holy Spirit is living, dwelling in your house, your body, there'll be evidence of his existence. You will have those fruits of the Spirit as we talked about. You'll have your moments. Don't worry. You'll have your days. You'll, you'll speak out of turn at times. But when you do, guess what happens? The conviction of the Holy Spirit. When you do right, you'll be excited. And when you do wrong, it'll grieve you because the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And when he lives inside you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Nothing's off the table for you. The dreams, the God-sized dreams and plans that you hopefully have for your life, it's on the table for you. Because greater is he that is in you that is in him. I want to ask us to close here. To join me in prayer. However you like to do that. Get in his presence. And I just want to end with a question today. Is there a greater force dwelling, living inside you today. Is that true? 
is greater that is he in you than he in the world? If so, praise God. If that's you today and that greater is he that is in you, I want you to pray for the lost right now because there are people that are the exact opposite of that. The world is beating them up. The world has everything over on them. There's nothing greater inside them because they're defeated. They're depressed. They're discouraged. They're fearful. They're sad. They're hurting. And so if that's you today, watching us online, or if you're here in the sanctuary and you feel defeated today, you feel depressed, you feel sorrow, you don't, you don't even know where to begin, maybe. And if there's never been a moment in your life where you, you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to change that today. Because upon your faith and belief in Him, Jesus will give you the Holy Spirit today. And it's a gift. It's going to be on you to use it. But you can get up out of here and be transformed. Start a transformational relationship and process in your life. And your life can begin to change. And you can feel better than you ever have in a long time. And so if you're here today and you want to make that decision, you say, I'm hurting, I'm broken, I need help. I got good news, the helper's here. And I want to pray that you receive him today. If you want to receive to, to accept Jesus Christ today by his Holy Spirit, I want you just to lift your hand up real high or stand up, one of the two. Whatever you want to do, lift your hand or stand up. Praise God, I'll give you a few moments. Praise God, there's some hands going up. On, keep them lifted for just a moment. I want you to focus on him. Focus on your life and focus on your issues and your problems. And I want you to know that God is bigger than all those things. And then God is bigger than all those things. And I want to pray over, over you. I want to actually all, all to pray together. Loud and proud today. You may lower those hands. Thank you. It's going to go like this. Y'all repeat after me. Heavenly Father. God, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hey, man, well, good things. Hope you guys enjoyed the service today. We're so glad that you came.